0: Next on BYUSN, which Cougar football players honored this weekend? Will the Cougars miss the most next season? And why is BYU honoring a total of 34 players on Saturday? We'll tell you. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I am Jeremy Jordan alongside Spencer Linton. On today's show, Blaine Fowler on which BYU players will miss the most next season, which players that have eligibility left, Uh, will BYU need or want back next year or completely unbiased Big 12 plus four power rankings? And Aaron Roderick's name is thrown out there for a Pac-12 job. Which one? We'll tell you. But first, here are today's headlines.
1: All right, Jerem, let's uh, go ahead and start it off with BYU football and their road to bowl eligibility. Utah Tech senior night awaits. Kalani Satake is letting a lot of players be honored before the game. It's just a matter of who is coming back. He says they're motivated to play, but this Utah Tech team, they cannot overlook them. Here's Coach Satake.
2: We have incentive for us to play this game too. That's uh, for our seniors and our outgoing players. And then you know the, the fact that we can get this win and, and, and be bowl eligible, that, that's, uh, that, that's the focus. A lot a lot for us to play for this weekend as well.
0: We also know the BYU at Stanford TV uh, and Time, uh, which is on FS1 next Saturday at 11 Eastern. That's p.m. So, uh, East Coasters, get a nap for that one.
1: Terrible start time there. Hey, not so terrible. Dax Milne and the Washington Commanders stun the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. They were an 11.5-point underdog. They win by 11. Millen had one punt return for 12 yards in that Commanders win against the now not so undefeated Eagles.
0: What a win for the Commanders, that was crazy. Women's Hoops seeks its first win of the season today at 5 Eastern time on the TV app against number 16 Oklahoma. Cougars lost 99-91 in overtime last year in Norman.
1: Oklahoma returns everyone. BYU returns very few from the roster that played in Norman last year. Women's Volleyball moves up one spot in the ABCA poll to number 17 after sweeping St. Mary's on Saturday. They face off at Pepperdine in Malibu on Thursday.
0: And BYU women's cross country signs two runners, Reagan Peterson, Utah's 5A state champ out of Tippanogos in Orem, and Kylie Olson from Sky Ridge in Lehigh.
1: All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Senior day for BYU football, just a few days away as they get set to host Utah Tech. What's Trending, as always, presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Let's hear more from Coach Hatake, who says that outside the group of 13, Jerem, whose eligibility is up, there is an entirely other group that has decided, or has to decide, rather, if they're going to make the decision to come back.
2: We have a bunch of guys that... Have their degree in the hand and have had it for over a year, you know, and so uh, I think the the, the decision's got to be theirs, and and we can give them all the information, um, but uh, you know, I, I will have a more motivated player uh, in the program if this is what they they decide to do. If this, they decide to come back, and I think there's a lot of good reasons to come back, but uh, this is this is a, a private decision that they're going to make with their family and their loved ones, and. All we can do is give them the feedback and the information on our end. All right, Jerem,
1: let's continue with Coach Atake, who would go on to say that, you know, those guys just need some more time to make that decision because it's a big one if they want to stay with BYU going into the Big 12 or if they want to move on to greener pastures.
2: Making their decision if they want to do that or not. And I think the safe bet for me is just to honor everybody and um, and then they don't have to make a decision this week, you know, so... Um, and there's going to be guys that are just probably going to have the benefit of getting two senior days, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I think that way we don't have to have a decision this week, and we didn't have to have a decision last week. Uh, they can take their time in making that making that decision.
1: Indeed, time, but eventually the time runs out, Jeremy. You got to make the decision ultimately. My question for you is today, looking forward, other than Jaron Hall and Puka Nakua, I mean, which, which of these guys are BYU going to miss the most the next year going into the Big 12?
0: Referring to the non-graduating, yeah. you're done yeah, for the, sure for guys. For sure,
1: just the, the group of guys we don't know about.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I would say Blake Freeland and Clark Barrington. Those are two NFL uh, offensive linemen for sure, and on that left side where they've been so good for BYU this year. That'll be a big loss, although I anticipate Kingsley Suamatia will move from right tackle to left tackle and hopefully he continues the the NFL ways of those positions. We think there are at least three NFL linemen currently playing for BYU in the starting lineup right now, which is pretty awesome. But the three linebackers really stick out. Max Tooley, Peyton Wilgar, Keenan Peely. Those are guys that have a decision to make, certainly. And what we don't always think about is, well, hey, you have a year or two left of eligibility. surely you're playing, right? Well, some of these guys have been at BYU for four or five years already. They well, have thrown on the COVID factor too. Well, that's exactly why they have, yeah, that's why they have the year. This, this will affect BYU players, by the way, for the next two or three years. Um, the guys that were freshmen that year, that get the extra year, this isn't the last year we're going well. I don't know if they're coming back. They haven't decided yet. Maybe they've decided, but it's not public, or they want to hear from NFL scouts, or they didn't have a great season, so maybe they do need to come back. Like, for example, Peyton Wilgar, I think, could be a draft pick if he's healthy all year and plays the way that Peyton can play. Mm. This year coming out, he's probably not an NFL draft pick, it feels like. Um, same with Max Julian and Keenan Peely, right? Undrafted guys with talent who could make rosters. But I would love to see them next year on this team. Healthy, yeah. motivated, Big 12. These three could be, uh, and they were the starting uh, you know, linebackers at the, the beginning of the year with Ben Bywater, depending on formation. If BYU's in a 3-4, Ben's in there too. Max had a really nice start to the season with two pick-sixes in the first couple of games. It, I, I would love for these three to come back in particular. Obviously, Blake and Clark feel like they're probably gone. But, and a guy like Jaron Hall and Nakua, obviously, Puka's interesting because Jaron feels like he's gone, like, okay, he didn't miss a game. He started the whole year. That was the last box to be checked sort of for him, right? Oh, can you play a whole year? And granted, we have a couple more games, you know, knock on wood if you're that superstitious, whatever. Um, But with Puka, it's like, mm, if he was healthy a whole year and had like a 1,200-yard kind of season Mm. and 12 touchdowns, Mm. feels like a pick. And maybe he's a pick now. But it's hard to know because he missed so many games. Puka is interesting. Like, I hope Puka comes back. I'm guessing he's gone because he's, he's just too good. He's just too good! And uh, you don't need a full year of film for NFL scouts to want you, but certainly it helps if you've got certain numbers. But when they look at the film, they're going to see eye-popping stuff.
1: Oh, he's put together enough on film between yeah. what he did last year and now coming on strong at the end of this season that, yeah, there's enough there for people to know that Puka Nakua is an NFL receiver who can make those big-time catches in clutch scenarios, and he's got fantastic feet and finds his toes on the sideline and in- inbounds. Like, the dude's not just making college catches. He-, he makes NFL catches right on a regular basis. He sh- he's showing that, getting both of his toes down on a regular basis. The thing that in- intrigues me the most is a guy like Keenan Peely. He was on the roster in Kalani Satake's first
0: year. Pre-mission.
1: He, he was 2016 BYU football. Around when Jake Oldroyd with the green cleats kicked the game winner in Kalani's first game against Arizona, is he going to be a part of the roster in 2023? We're talking about seven years because of COVID and mission and redshirt. And and, injuries, yeah. 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 I would love for a guy like Keenan Peely to come back, and for that matter, Peyton Wilgar, too. Yeah, I think my biggest question mark in this group of unknown guys is, what's BYU going to bring back in the linebacking core next year? Because maybe Max, Peyton, and Keenan – All decide that it's just time to move on.
0: Ben Bywater looks around. It's like, where is everybody? Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Like, who's left in the room besides Ben Bywater that's been a regular in the linebacking core? I've already just assumed that Jaron and Puka, Blake and Clark, those guys are gone. Those four. We've talked about them all year. Those guys are gone. Yes, all underclassmen, but they're all gone. Uh, they they're all of them are gonna classic athletic, athletically stuff. not academically. <laughs> but they've
0: yeah, because Blake was here in nineteen, so he's He's graduated. He's four-year. Yeah, four-year yeah. Guy. They're three- all gonna have their degrees and Most will. Yeah. Blake's three and a half years in, so we'll see.
1: So yeah, my biggest question mark then is is the linebacking core. We yeah. felt so good about what BYU had as as a group of linebackers going into this season.
0: Starters when healthy. Yes, but they healthy.
1: Max Tooley's coming up with his pick six against USF. They were really strong against Baylor and holding the Bears to under three yards per rush. And then injuries set in and maybe a little bit of the other eye that you use, the ineptitude.
0: They, they haven't played great when healthy either. Right. That's been tough. So and it, they're capable of much more. Maybe
1: part of that is a scheme that other teams are figuring out how to play against. And regardless, I, I just want to know what BYU is going to bring back at linebacker besides Ben Bywater. Because after that, it's... What, Fisher
0: Jackson? Um, and he's kind of a hybrid D end. Yeah, exactly. And he's a walk on. Yes, you know what I mean? Like yes. like
1: quality player, but is it, is it Josh Wilson? We saw Josh Wilson, Zach Wilson's little brother earlier this year. Is it Tate like, Romney coming on? Is it going to be a Tate, super young core? By,
0: by the way, you might see more Tate Romney uh, the rest of the year because he's redshirting, but now he can play in a couple of games to stand or four. Michael Daly got hurt. He was a guy BYU was high on. Yeah, Tavita Gagne got hurt. Um, they, they liked him as a backup, right? Yeah. There are other guys, uh, up-and-comers, but not – I. It, you just love when you feel like, okay, we've seen at least something and it was good. Um, it doesn't mean those guys won't deliver or be good next year, but you just wa- it's just nice to walk into the known part of that.
1: Yeah, and what do we know? I feel like as far as a position group goes, that's what I will miss the most for BYU football going into the Big 12 is at least that comfort of, okay, well, we know what those guys are and they should be able to figure it out. Like, they've played big-time football, but if they're all gone and it's just been Bywater, then who after that
0: yes and offensively on the line i feel great about whoever be always plugging in there i mentioned kingsley a left tackle but you has got some guys that they're excited about um in campbell barrington and Braden kime and others on the o-line which is exciting one uh one question mark uh i have as well uh for for the uh defensive side of the ball is like okay Malik Moore, red shirts, he comes back. That's great at free safety. D'Lo is, is bouncing. He was one of BYU's best corners this year, granted banged up at times. Do you, are you good enough in the secondary there? Running back, I would have loved to have seen a Jackson McChesney, just what his career could be. I'd sure, love for him sure. to come back. He's had multiple season-ending injuries now. That's tough. Harris chance is the other wild card. Harris has been a quality right guard and at times uh, playing out at right tackle when Kingsley's been banged up. He's a guy I would love to see come back as well because he, he feels like NFL-ish um, this, this or next year. So we'll see. this and, and I like the move by BYU because there's 11, or what is it, 13, 11, that are we know they're done with eligibility. It's like, Lopini, you've got two doctorates. Thanks for coming to BYU. He's
1: probably like, got three blankets, too. <laughs> yes, he's
0: got so many blankets. <laughs> Minky, shout out to Mickey Couture. But all of the juniors slash others, as they're calling them, they're seniors academically, COVID, wretches, blah, blah, blah. It is interesting. This is the first time BYU's been like, listen, we don't ne- – that I understand. We don't necessarily know if you're coming back, but let's just honor all of you. So that pregame, listen, for BYU game day, Hema only has probably 90 minutes of content he's got to produce now, and then the rest are lower thirds for all these guys. Oh, you know what? That makes goodness. it easier on Hema. We're <laughs> thinking about you, Hema. <laughs> yes. I've been there, done that on Senior Day. <laughs>
1: yeah. And it's not to say that, you know, BYU won't certainly miss Clark Barrington and Blake Freeland on the offensive line. Going back to your point on, hey, you're, you're feeling good about what BYU has. Oh, I'd love to have them back, eat.
0: but they're too good. Sure, too good.
1: sure. But we feel like BYU has the necessary depth on the offensive line. At
0: that position to only. The push That's forward. the only position I'm like, sweet, next guy up. Yes. And by the way, people sometimes people are like, no, don't leave early. Why would you do We want I believe we should want guys to go early and excel in the NFL because that's one of the greatest recruiting tools that you could possibly have at BYU is. Look at Zach Wilson. Leave and be the number two pick. Didn't need him back. Get out of here. Go. Be in the NFL. Rep the Y. Come back and be a part of this for the rest of your life. But then recruits go, oh. I would, like the, like the four-star-plus guys believe they can make the NFL. The three-stars do too. They're kind of like, hey, maybe I will, maybe I will. The four-stars are like, I'm going to be in the NFL, at least have a shot. Mm. BYU needs to produce enough NFL guys, and I think they're doing that now the last couple of years, which is exciting, to where recruits go, I can go there and make the league. Because if I'm a D lineman, do I want to go to Utah or BYU? Which is going to put me in the NFL? Right now, BYU needs to do a better job of that position. If I'm a quarterback, though, I want to go to BYU because I've seen Zach Wilson, I've seen Taysom Hill, and now I'm seeing that Jaron Hall is probably going to be a draft pick somewhere around three through six or whatever. Like, certain position linebacker, go to BYU, you're going to get in the league because the best linebacker in the league is Fred Warner and Kyle Noy sitting there and others. So it's important that the O-line now establish that. We've not had that in a while. BYU used to produce O-linemen on the reg in the NFL. So this is an exciting time where you see kind of what uh, Garrett 2J and Mike Empey started, and they've continued now with these guys they've recruited five and six years ago who are going to be in the league.
1: Yeah, Brady Christensen with the Panthers, yep. James Empey on a practice squad. Now we expect Clark Barrington and Blake Freeland to be drafted into the NFL. Kingsley
0: like, the next year. Four, Paris five,
1: six, seven offensive Let's linemen go. in the league all at the same time together.
0: BYU, there's uh, Brady Papanga brought it up first. There are certain positions that BYU can recruit easier than others. Quarterback, has always been able to find a good quality quarterback. Understandable. But it's tight ends, linebackers, right? And then it's O-linemen to me. That's the pecking order. Tight ends slash linebackers, O-linemen should be the best position that BYU recruits. And then to me, BYU, and I mentioned it a moment ago, BYU needs to get in the D-line game better. BYU needs some NFL D-linemen. Kairos Tong is, that's great. BYU's got the one guy, right? And he's on a, uh, he's dabbled with the 53, now with the Vikings, who are very good. Get back in that game. Sure. In the, in the if you want to, the best way to cover well is have a great defense. Yeah, line. Yeah, you know, and, and that's what Kalani and, and E did up at Utah. We have yet to see it down here in year seven. We'd love to see that in the next couple of years. I know they're efforting on getting taller, stronger guys.
1: Yeah. I mean, the front seven, that that remains the biggest question mark. Going into this season, it was, what is BYU going to be able to do on the defensive line? And that question still remains going into the next year. Yeah. There are a couple of big-time so, guys In the pipeline that have been recruited, we'll see if they decide to sign
0: with BYU. And it takes two or three years. Even if those guys sign now, it takes two or three years to make an impact. Some development. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, We need to have the conversation later, too, about, because you said, hey, I feel good about the offensive line. Where do the wide receivers stand in that conversation?
0: Oh, I feel really good.
1: Like, okay, are they right there at the offensive line? Yeah. So maybe not the wide receiver O-line. Okay. Keanu
0: Hill and uh, Chase Roberts, awesome. I'd love to have Gunnar Romney back. He can redshirt this year if he wants. Mm. Not sure if he wants to keep playing ball or not, but it would love Gunnerbeck.
1: All right, our question of the day in Voice of the Nation is: Which one of the players being honored this week on senior slash junior slash COVID <laughs> slash whatever year you are? <laughs> what day? do we call it? Yeah, what do we call it? <laughs> bye bye day. Will BYU miss the most next season? At <laughs> BYU fan Sam on Twitter says: Since Puka and Jaron are the obvious answers, yep. yes. I'll say Blake Freeland. Mm-hmm. It's easy to take a great offensive lineman for granted, but he's steadily amazing for a long time. I think him leaving might affect the offense more than we'd like.
0: We'd like Kingsley to be the guy next year. At left, At left, left tackle. tackle. Yeah, um, and I think he will be. I mean, one of the few five-stars BYU's ever signed. He's got NFL potential, absolutely, yeah.
1: Law Smith also answers on Twitter, the player I will miss the most is Mason Wake. Nice for his passion, guts, team-first attitude, and for being the best hurdler <laughs> to wear white and blue since Ralph Mann.
0: Wow. I don't, uh, oh, oh nice, nice, Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Track and reference. field I was thinking football Ralph Mann. Like, nice. I don't know who that is. Nicely By the played. way, Mason's one of those guys on the junior others list, so he has a chance to come back. I would hope that Mason comes back. Come on back. back, Mace. Yeah, let's go. Okay, join us tonight for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope as the coach. Spencer Johnson and Greg Rubel review the first week of the season, look ahead to this week's games. And uh, Gideon George is in the film room tonight, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Up next, BYU Sports Nation game day analyst Blaine Fowler.
1: He's a dual threat guy talking both football and basketball. will join us to discuss the players he'll miss the most next year from BYU football and give us his take on BYU basketball after two games. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: What a season he has been having last time perhaps Saturday against Utah Tech live on BYU TV. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. I'm Jerem Jordan, alongside Blaine Fowler getting ready for an after-further review tonight. Or, uh, excuse me, you guys are off. Yep. By week. You, by week? Nope. Taking it off, you're good. JK, go on demand.
3: Watch the previous episodes <laughs> on BYUSN.com. We already made our predictions and everything for Saturday. Absolutely. We'll be back next Tuesday for
0: you. Yes. Getting ready for Stanford, which is, uh, used to be a conflict of interest for you, yeah, but now it's, it's not with no, uh, Dallas or something. Yeah, anymore. not so
3: much. But da- <laughs> Dallas still roots for uh, Now even Dallas is torn because that's his alma mater, so he roots for all the time, but he's got gas gap and his brother-in-law that's coaching at BYU. And so it's like he's almost torn at this point. So
0: He hasn't signed the conflict of interest. Yeah, me. I'm not, I'm not no torn. To, yeah.
3: I'm not torn anymore.
0: No, absolutely. Because so. they're, they're paying you. That's uh, right. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about uh, what we were just talking about, Blaine, which is we've got a unique senior day situation. There are a handful of guys who we know are out of eligibility. There are other guys who are juniors and others. COVID and whatnot has has resulted in a massive list of 34 dudes that BYU is going to honor. Who are you hoping comes back next year realistically? Because obviously we could say Jaron, Puka, Blake, and Clark. That'd
3: be great. Should we, should we just gone. throw those ones off? They're probably we'll just gone, Just throw right? those off, yeah. I, th- I think that those four are, are – especially with – I thought a, f- a couple weeks ago maybe Jaron comes back because they're having a bit of a struggle. He was trying to recover from the shoulder. And even though he says, and the coaching staff says, oh, he was fine, the throws we saw him making last week, we didn't see him making – two weeks previous or three weeks previous. And so clearly, um, whether he thought it was or not, that was affecting his play. And he was also looking a little bit tentative running the ball, and I think he was probably getting instructions just, hey, do not get hit, don't hurt that shoulder, and it affected his play. At that time, he wasn't looking like an NFL guy. He looked like an NFL guy again next week. I think these next two games are really important for him. If he can come out and pick up where he left off last week and then go against Stanford and have a really good game and have a good bowl game, I think he's right back there, you know, drafted in the early rounds, and, and, and he's out. Um, and and I, I, I do think that Barrington and Freeland are probably out as well. There's a lot of talk around that. Um, and then Puka... Can we blame him for going out? No. He's not he's amazing. He's not just he's not just um, an NFL wide receiver. He's a starting NFL wide receiver. Like he's that good. He's he's gonna be in the league as long as he can stay healthy for a long time. He's got that skill set and he's got the mentality and that he just he loves to grind, but he enjoys the grind. You know, he's like a gym rat in football. And those kinds of guys with his skill set make it, and I think and I think he will. So, those four are gone. Um, there, there's some curious ones on the list. Ones that I think will, I think Max Tooley's coming back. I just, just from what I'm hearing. And, you know, Kalani's philosophy on this is hey, with the COVID and all that, it's just been so strange. Anybody that has been here that amount of time, let's, we wanna make sure they get honored. Um, even if somebody's telling us they're coming back, we wanna be able to be honored, have their family there, get their blanket, and do all of that. What if they decide in the offseason they're, they're either not going to play football again or they've decided they're going to go on? We just want to ensure we don't miss anybody, but we're leaving the door open for, for anybody as well. I think Max is one of those. I think, I think that he comes back. Keenan Peely, I think, could go one way or the other. I think he should come back. I think he still has more to prove out on the field. Amen. And I, and, and I think that if Max and Keenan come back, and can stay healthy for a whole season next year in the Big 12, and show that they can compete at that level, then all of a sudden there's a possibility um, that they both get drafted. I don't think either is a draft pick at this point, and it's a really, really long haul to try to make it as a free agent signee. And, you know, I think some people learned that the hard way from this BYU team, you know, last year and the year before that went out, that could have been yep. back playing with this team. So so, so those are a couple that I, that I think... What about Peyton Wilger? I think Peyton's going to go. I think he has that mindset right now. I... I think Peyton could absolutely benefit from coming back as well, um, but but I think that he's more set on on going just from the things he hear here coming out, and he's got that.
0: And he's that, okay being perhaps undrafted because I'm not sure with the season. It I I think he'll crush the combine. Yeah,
3: I think because his combine numbers will be really yes. really good. I'm just wondering
0: um, if if he could become a pick more surely sh- next year.
3: Well, if it, the same thing goes for him. That, that I mentioned uh, for Max and for, for Peely if he could come back in the Big 12 against that level of competition and shine and stay healthy I mean that's the issue for all these guys is their ability to stay healthy
0: that was Jaron's thing this year <clears throat> Blaine was right. can you play a whole season without missing a bunch of games and Jaron has checked that box until this point
3: right and he even played and he even showed that he could play with, with a nick, you know
0: yep played through so, yeah. yeah, and you're so, playing through a, a throat yeah and, then, and I know <laughs> just cough yeah. it out just coughing up during games, we have a cough button. You yes, know, we have a little box. And a we, little... Push it. we don't have it in this situation, so blame battling through that.
3: Yeah, so Gunnar Romney um, is another one that's on that list. That is, you know, I, I think he's an NFL talent, but but he just hasn't even played this year.
0: Does he? It, I mean, he has a chance to redshirt and return. He would if he have wants. To get. A, he
3: would have to get a six. You know, COVID year in a six year.
0: Well, he hasn't used a red shirt. This true. could be so, straight red shirt. That's true because he's got COVID and yes. red Yes, he could so, just straight red
3: shirt. He he's the one that's the most curious to me. Mm. Um, how healthy can he be, and how can he look in the combat? Because he certainly got film, but this is two years in a row, and it's been fluke stuff. Yeah, right. Just the weirdest kind of injuries, like yeah. not not oh he's not durable. Just just strange, you know, weird types of things. You fall on the football and injure a kidney. You know, like,
0: in day three of practice in the right. August, just such,
3: it's just such a strange yeah. thing. And so you look at him, and
0: those numbers are just
3: off the right. charts. And those so, are fantastic numbers over so his career. It's going to be interesting. Kalani will ensure that all of these guys, especially guys like Gunner and you know guys like Keenan, get with the right people—people people in the NFL that can that can level with them and say listen this is this is where our team is projecting you this is where other teams this is the consensus on what you're doing um you're not going to improve your stock at all i remember talking to james MP last year and james was, was told you're probably a free agent guy but that's all you're going to be next year and james was looking going man i've been hurt a bunch i'm getting older I, um i i need to try to do this this has been my dream if i don't make it i'm okay with that and i and i after talking to him i'm thinking Okay, he made an educated decision to go to go do that. I think some of these guys that we've mentioned, when they have a conversation, uh, the conversation will be, with the injuries and, and the, the, the way you played this year, um, you're not gonna be drafted. You probably can sign as a free agent. If you come back next year and can stay healthy and can have these types of numbers, you could move into being a drafted player. And, and, and then I think you've gotta go, oh man, is there an NIL deal there for me that brings me back? Um, is there insurance policy that I can get that ensures that I don't get hurt? Uh, if I do get hurt, that I don't lose everything? Um, and can I move myself up? Because if you're drafted, especially if you're drafted in the first four rounds, for, and especially in the first three, you're you you're going to make the team in the first three rounds. If you're an undrafted free agent, you are... You are a long shot from the get go. And and that's that's the issue. So I think those conversations will be had had in the offseason. And some of these guys on that junior list um, are, are curious. There's another one that's on that list that I'm, I'm almost certain is coming back. So I think Max is coming back. I think Malik Moore's coming back. Yeah. Redshirted to yeah. come back. And so he, you know, He, he broke, made a choice to not play. Yeah, he broke that hand yes. and it's like, okay, you're gonna be out eight weeks, and then it then it was wait a minute. So I've played less than four games. I come back for a game or two at the end of the year. I can't show what I have. I need to come back next year. Straight red shirt. And so so it's a straight red shirt for him. He's on that list for the reasons we talked about. But he's coming back. Malik's coming back. Mm -hmm. And And I truly believe Max is coming back. And some of these others are iffy.
0: Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. And they have a few months, right? They don't have yeah. to figure that out for H- a while. Harris
3: Lachance is one that's on that list. Yes,
0: I would love for Harris to be back because he would anchor, I think, right tackle next year yes. with probably Kingsley
3: over at left tackle. And I think and I think Harris has a chance to move up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, He's playing in the shadow of Blake and of a Clark right right now guard, I, I think he has a chance to shine and play tackle and get stronger and you know and so I think that Harris has a chance to really improve his stock so that's somebody I would like to see come back that's on that list so so we'll see those those I think Keenan I think um, Max I think um, well, Gunner is really curious, right?
0: Interested to see. Because Baylor had a year of eligibility, chose not to. Right. Wouldn't be surprised if Gunner was like, "Yeah, I'm just done with football. Yeah. This Here, has been too much. Who knows? The, here's the Who thing knows?
3: about Gunner, though. Um, Gunner loves football. Like, like you, some guys, like, it's on their face. Puka, everybody knows Puka just loves football, right? He just loves it. He loves the whole process. He loves practice. He loves all of that. Um, Gunner is that. Gunner loves football. And so you would have to love it to come back and do that, right? Yes. And so, but I think in his heart, he loves football. He's He's that kind of a guy that missed it when he was hurt and was out. And so that's what gives me a sliver of a chance that maybe he comes back and says, let's do this again and let me stay healthy and not have these fluke injuries.
0: Okay, we'll find out. Uh, Blaine Fowler joining us here on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk hoops. Uh, Obviously a disappointing loss, although not unexpected per se, Friday at San Diego State where BYU leads for 31 minutes, plays a really nice game. Unfortunately, the last five, uh, you know, San Diego State takes over there. Now Missouri State, which is a sneaky game Wednesday. That was a six-point game on the road last year. BYU won. And then Nichols out of Louisiana coming in Saturday. And then it's the Bahamas for three tough ones. What does BYU need to accomplish this week? And what are your takeaways after two games?
3: My takeaways are that this team has skills. Like, it's a very skilled basketball team. And I've been watching him in practice. And I know it didn't show up in the first game, the shooting. But I think this is a team that's going to, before it's all said and done, shoot the ball really well. Right now, they're all trying to grasp a new concept in how they play. And and they're gonna play really fast. This team's gonna be really fun to watch because they're gonna pressure on D and they're gonna run up and down the court and they're gonna play fast. And that's not how all of these guys have played, whether they transfer it in or they're returning. So this is new. They've gotta figure out, and this old saying that we use all the time, how to play fast without being in a hurry. So get up and down the floor, push the basketball. When it's time to take a shot, you take a good shot, and you take enough time to be fundamentally sound. That's why I think they're missing shots early. I think they're rushing, some, they're rushing some shots. But in that San Diego State game early, all of a sudden I was going, oh, they're playing fast against a team that's got a lot of length and talent, and, and they're knocking down some shots, and they're taking care of the ball. But before the game was over, that old bugaboo that they had in the, in the first game came back, and they turned the ball over too many times. 20 turnovers again. Yeah, and so – To me, that's the biggest single issue right now. Figuring out how to play fast without being in a hurry. When you're in a hurry, you make bad decisions and you turn the ball over. When you're in a hurry, you don't get set, you don't stay fundamentally sound, you don't knock down shots. I saw flashes of big improvements in the San Diego State game against better competition, but but they've got a ways to go. And Mark Pope told us it's going to be a team in progress. And so far, I think they're ahead of where I expected it um, based on what Mark told us to begin with. I think Rudy Williams is going to settle in and be really good. I
0: really do. I feel
3: like he's been really rushed. Yes,
0: 12 turnovers first two Really yeah. rushed.
3: Yeah. But when I look at his skill set, once he figures out the speed and the length of the game at this level, I think he's going to be really, really good. You watch him develop. It's, it's going to take another couple of games, but I think he's going to settle in and we're all going to go, wow, that was a really good transfer.
0: This week could be that week to settle in because yeah. next week you have USC and then you're staring at Kansas, Tennessee, <laughs> Dayton. There's a really yeah. good crew of quad one opportunities there for BYU. And it's interesting, Blaine, because I, just what we saw against San Diego State was like, okay, this team can hang, right? This team can play. And, and I don't know that uh, we expect this team to make the tourney, and that's why we weren't, like, devastated Friday. But it was like, hey, step in the right direction. Um, unfortunately, lost a game you probably could have won. And here's how big the game was, Blaine. Gonzaga and Michigan State play on the aircraft carrier. Jay Billis and Seth Greenberg over there, they go over to Viejas to go watch right. this game, and right. Bill Walton showed up. Yeah, it's a little puff of smoke, uh, some incense it, and, and uh, I on think, the I think table. they did
3: enough <laughs> for, for the na- exactly, the exactly for the national pundits. Was that what we call them? Sure. To, to go, hey, this team might. There's a lot of new faces. This team might be better than we thought it was going to be, um, and they recognize there's so many new faces that, that they're going to have a hard time melding together at first. It's college basketball. Yeah. Thing, Everybody's got like half a new Half roster. a new squad. Yeah. Well, without penalty for transferring and all that, it's just yep. crazy. Every year, right? Transfer portals change the game. And so I felt like in the San Diego State game, they made great progress. And I kept waiting for them to fall apart. Is that terrible that I was waiting for them? I'm like, they're playing so well right now, but down the stretch... Do they have enough guys that have played together for long enough to understand who is supposed to handle the ball in the clutch situation down the stretch? Who's supposed to take the shot? Who's supposed to deliver the assist? And and how they're supposed to communicate defensively and get stops. And I just was doubting it. I'm like, it's too early in the season for that to happen. Maybe it's my fault. Well, I you think it's my fault.
0: <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, I'm not that superstitious. But I did feel like, shoot, BYU shooting 55% or whatever it is and they're up by four. Right. That's the, and the turnovers were a big deal. Also, fouling, uh, sped up and fouling, resulted in, yeah. in 20 more free throws and 16 more makes, which already offset by made threes, by the way. But the turnovers certainly, turnovers feel like a controllable element, Blaine. Right. It's not like like shooting is like, shoot, that's a skill-based thing. Turnovers is like, hey, take care of the ball. Only have 14 or 15 turnovers. You win that game, which is exciting.
3: Yeah, and, and they're going to, get used to playing like this and continue to get in better shape. Cause I think you foul when you get tired Mm -hmm. and I think fundamentally they foul when they reach. So when they're in a hurry, you know, and this is something that's really, really coachable, you know, it's like, Hey, stay, stay in this position. I don't want any more of this. Right. If you're going to swipe, swipe up, you know, um, uh, stay long, play, play defense with your feet. When you get tired, you've got to focus to play position defense with your feet and slide and not reach. So you get tired, you keep your feet in place. Somebody starts to go by you and then to try to stop him, you, you reach out and you you contact, or you're tired. You don't have great footwork. The guy turns the corner on you and now you follow him on on his way to the rim. Um, The, as they get more used to playing defense with one another. The help's going to be there faster. They're going to anticipate better. They're they're learning a whole new system on both ends of the floor. And so I have great hope that they're going to be able to control the fouls. They fouled way too much. Yeah, 26 fouls against San Diego
0: State.
3: Blaine, no AFR tonight, but...
0: Uh, join Blaine, Dave, and Spence and Ty and I tomorrow night at 8 Eastern Time as it gets ready for BYU and Missouri State. Game on BYU TV at 9 Eastern Time. Coming up, should BYU fans be worried about losing Aaron Roderick in the offseason? What one report throughout out uh, his name for a Pac-12 job will tell you who. This is BYU Sports Nation.
3: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
0: Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok.
1: He is Jeremiah Spencer. You know what time it is. Let's whip it. Cougar Whipperam presented by Maris, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner.
0: Spence, ESPN's Adam Rittenberg mentioned Aaron Roderick as a name to watch in the search for a new head coach at Colorado next year. Wow. Would you be surprised if A-Rod got a head coaching job next year? I would, for next year,
1: just because he got locked into a contract, Kalani wants his guys around going into the Big 12. I'd be shocked, Spencer. shocked if A-Rod left with BYU headed into the Big 12. As one of Kalani's the, okay, names. the
0: Big 12 thing, yes, but contracts—you sure, get out. Of there. I
1: know, I know. Your big thing is contracts can always be broken. Every single sure. one. I feel like Aaron Roderick is loyal to Kalani Satake and would not leave him high and dry going into a Power Five conference. I
0: don't, I don't know that he would be disloyal taking the job though. If you have—is it uh, unless he wants to be a lifelong coordinator? I don't know if he has head coach aspirations or not. Most do. I don't know. I wouldn't call him disloyal. if You know who I think really
1: coach. is going to get the head coaching job at a place like Colorado next year? Bronco Mendenhall. I think he's probably at the top of the list and we be the best thing that the Buffaloes could ever hope for in terms yeah. of a head coach, if not Nebraska or Wisconsin. But that A-Rod specifically for Colorado would shock me. I just feel like it's it's a little too soon. I don't know. Are you, are you, a- do you differ than my opinion? Well, I,
0: I don't know what A-Rod's aspirations are. And Colorado's uh, wants and desires. Perhaps they they want a guy like Aaron, but is is he a, a mild candidate? At least a bunch of places. Sure. How serious of a candidate is he? I can't speak to that. Very
1: and well. to your point, it's it's not disloyal for sure if he yeah. leaves. But I, there is that feeling like, I gotta stay. With, I gotta stay with Kalani. Like there, there's just that feeling there. You know, it's not disloyal.
0: There's Every, a everyone feels that way until you see the offerer <laughs> <laughs> of a certain amount of dough, right? Uh, sometimes that can change.
1: BYU at Stanford will kick off at 11 p.m. Eastern. Not 11 a.m., thankfully. Not a morning game. 11 p.m. Eastern. Can you imagine 8 a.m. On Pacific? FS1. Do you like that late of a kickoff for the Stanford game?
0: It's not about the kickoff time. It's about being on FS1 where you can get a little more exposure, right, um, than the Pac 12 network. I thought that was a win. I don't necessarily care about the night part, although kind of, because BYU is a way better team at night than they are during the day, randomly.
1: Yeah, I'm okay with it. I don't know that I like that it's so late. I, I mean, I thought the latest that BYU was gonna play is like, you know, eight fifteen p.m. Eastern time, but now we're pushing it back to nine. Eight fifteen. Sorry, oh, man, so Pacific.
0: Yeah, Pacific. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like, I, it, it's just—it's really late. Like,
0: what, what? Why are we not used to this in I, the year 11? Like, I don't 11? know. I like, don't know. Are, shouldn't we expect? BYU is gonna kick locally at 8ish a lot if it's mountain or Pacific time because of TV mountain, windows. Right, this is nine mountain. Right, and eight local time. Like, I didn't think it would get any later than 8.15 Like, Like, Neophytes and Lamanites were worrying about, like, kick times for football games. Like, this is a thing that we d- We should understand this by now, right? Like, in the Big 12, we'll probably kick at home a lot at 8.20 local. Which I'm fine it with. It is what it is. I
1: just think 9 p.m. local time is too a little too late unless you're
0: playing in Hawaii. Well, local to the <laughs> mountain. It's not local to the game. Like. Yeah, whatever. It's yeah, it's 8 local. Okay. But doesn't the schedule? It's the Eastern Time the... Zone homies that it's yeah. tough for, right? Yeah. And the, Central.
1: Yeah, yeah. The Eastern Time Zone fans are going to be until 3 a.m. Watching BYU Sports Nation game days. They'll be up!
0: Nightcap. They'll be up watching, Spence. Oh my goodness. Are you buying the following? Zach Wilson has a current uh, higher QBR than, this is tweeted by Joel uh, mm-hmm. Moran. I'm not going to say moron, but that's what it looks like. Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. He ranks 18th in the league despite facing top 10 defenses on average through six games. I thought he was a bust. I'm. Are you buying that Zach is a top 18 QB in the NFL? Not right now.
1: I'm surprised to see that his QBR is better than Kirk Cousins and Kyler Murray's Kirk Cousins. Like, Kirk like, Cousins is a good the quarterback. Vikings are
0: awesome yes, right now.
1: they're eight and one. Yes. So uh, yeah. I would argue,
0: perhaps best team in the
1: league after the Eagles lost There has to be some deficiencies in the QBR, and there are. Yeah. Like every statistic has, yeah. you know, deficiencies. Not everything is perfect. Oh, QBR, if he's got a better
0: QBR, he automatically is a better quarterback. That's one metric. No. It means something.
1: This is not a shot at Zach. Just, he's still young. He's still learning the game. It's still he's still sped up at times. But no, like, I don't think Zach is better than Kirk Cousins and Kyler Murray right now. Aaron Rodgers, for crying out loud. Like, he's a better QB than the Aaron
0: Rodgers. The Packers aren't good, but Aaron Rodgers had a nice performance Sunday, right? Sure. Against the Cowboys. Yeah, Zach's, Zach's got some issues right now that he's got to work through. He has uh, four passing touchdowns, five INTs, sacked 12 times, six games. His TD and interception percentages, by the way, are the same, very similar to last year. Still sub-60% completions. Jets are winning sort of in spite of Zach's offensive play. He's trying to take care of the ball and let the run game and the defense win the game. When Zach figures it out, boom, Jets fly up. Sure. Right? And and they they don't challenge the Bills, but they're certainly a playoff yeah, team. We've seen those moments. Although, in the final uh, part of the season here, I'm worried. At New England, Chicago, at Minnesota, at Buffalo, Detroit, Jacksonville, at Seattle, Miami. I've got three wins in the next nine for the Jets. That's tough.
1: Mm. Well, they just beat the Bills, so... I mean, maybe there's a there's a sneaky win in there again. Their defense is Perhaps. so good that
0: they could probably win one of those games. They've got to win up. four to make the playoffs, in my opinion. I see three wins gotta there. Got
1: to get to ten and seven?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay, coming up, six seed BYU women's soccer plays, three seed Stanford, Thursday in the second round of the NCAA tournament at 2 Eastern. You can listen to it on the BYU Radio app. That is, is in North Carolina. They likely get the Tar Heels come on. if they win.
1: Did BYU football fall in our latest Big 12 plus 4 power rankings? And which new Big 12 team is potentially staring at a New Year's 6 bowl game? TCU's going to the CFP if they keep winning.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: This
1: is BYU Sports Nation.
3: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to
1: BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B. Let's roll it out. New week, new set of our totally unbiased Big 12 plus four power rankings as we move into week 11. And not surprisingly, at the top of the list, Jerem, are the undefeated TCU Horned Frogs, who have a legitimate shot at making the college football playoff. Your BYU Cougars all the way down at number 10. They drop one spot in that ranking just below Texas Tech and ahead of Houston, Iowa State, West Virginia, and Oklahoma. Let's count down two through eight as well. Kansas State just behind TCU. Agree UC, with that. UCF mm. at number three. They're eight and two. They just beat a ranked two lane team. Should jump them in the college football playoff poll tonight. Already beat Cincinnati as well. Yes, good wins. Oklahoma State, Cincinnati at five. Baylor's Oklahoma number six. Oklahoma State at four? Not buying that. And no. neither am I. No, Neither they, am I no, they've what lost they have done the last past cut.
0: three weeks. Spencer uh, Sanders not in there and they got crushed. Uh, by Kansas State, lost to Kansas as well. Not buying them at four. They won last week, but it was pretty ugly.
1: Texas, Kansas, and Texas Tech, seven, eight, nine. Again, just ahead of BYU. Okay, any surprises for you other than Oklahoma State? For me, the other big surprise is UCF at or UCF rather, at number three.
0: Yeah, um, UCF's interesting. Uh, perhaps uh, we're putting them high because ranked. Um, and pr- <laughs> and probably group of five best option there. They're going to surpass Tulane in the college football playoff rankings tonight. We yeah, think yeah because they just beat the Green Wave. And by the way, AAC pretty interesting situation with Cincinnati, Tulane, UCF all eight and two overall, all five and one in league. UCF beats Cincinnati and Tulane. They're certainly going to be in the AAC, AAC title game. Things we care about just because they're gonna be in the Big 12 next year, hence the segment. But Cincinnati and Tulane still have a game coming up to finish the regular season. So basically, winner of that one goes to play UCF sure. for potentially the G5 spot because no one else is really challenging. That P6 moniker certainly applies here. And if and when uh, the the college football playoff goes to the top six champs, right? AAC's gotta feel good about their chances. Obviously, they're gonna lose Two of the top three there with Tulane merging this year.
1: You know who are very, very similar in this poll? Kansas and BYU both got off to red hot starts.
0: 4-1, 5-0, game
1: day. Kansas had their quarterback injured in that game against TCU, which was super unfortunate. Yep. They've never been, they haven't really been the same since that moment, since game no, day they, showed
0: up. No, they peaked. Okay? Yeah.
1: So they peaked early, like BYU Beedle did. Beat Oklahoma
0: State later, nice win. Okay. Former top 10 team, oh, by the way, BYU's top 10 win, Baylor. Yep. Who hasn't been the same. Kansas
1: is six and four, BYU five and five, Kansas eight, BYU 10. I would love to see those two teams play a bowl game against each other. I think that would be highly entertaining.
0: I'm okay with no Big 12 future homie, because we're gonna play those games. I would like to play somebody else. Like
1: Coastal Carolina?
0: Well, Coastal's the pie in the sky, yeah. (laughs) But somebody else. By the (laughs) way, the super ranking, super high on uh, Texas, though, I don't know why. Why, why? Um, 8? What? TCU in Kansas, 10. UCF, 20. By the way, BYU, the lowest ranked team in the super ranking composite of seven metrics that I look like at and just take an average, 66. But in terms of like top 40 teams in the league, just crazy amounts, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 in the mm-hmm. top 40 in the Super Ranking out of the Big 12. That's good ball there. Although TCU is the only playoff hole because everybody else is kind of out of it.
1: I love the Oklahomas at 14.
0: <laughs> Oklahoma's last in our list, yeah. 26 in the Super Ranking. <laughs> Oklahoma's not good. Uh, what is
1: that? I, I'm, I kind of feel bad for Oklahoma fans because they were hoping that USC would be terrible and that they would figure it out with a new coach and the exact opposite has happened. Lincoln yeah, and Riley and Caleb Williams are doing their thing. Yes. They've got a shot at the college football playoff. Yes. And Oklahoma is 5 and 5 and two They've and had a lot of league. issues, but I
0: said I'm not a Dylan Gabriel huge fan. I think he's good. I just don't think he's great.
1: Wow. I think, like, if BYU and Oklahoma play today, I like BYU be to, be, to beat Oklahoma. Maybe Oklahoma. That's Let's a let me get game. Oklahoma maybe in that's that's the next year.
0: Let's go. All right. Okay. Hey, opener and Provo. That's what I said. BYU Women's Basketball host. Hey, speaking of 16th yes. ranked. Oklahoma, today at 5 Eastern. Watch the game live on TV's app.
1: Yeah, the Cougars is definitely the underdog in that one, uh, in our women's basketball power
0: poll. Yeah, What's coming up uh, in the F block.
1: Well, coming off the heels of a revenge win for BYU women's soccer, we look at this fall's top five revenge wins. And yes, there are five. It's been a vengeance tour for the athletics department here this fall. This is BYU
3: Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official
0: credit union of BYU Athletics. The show is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast.
1: On the heels of a major revenge win for BYU women's soccer last Friday night in the NCAA tournament against Utah Valley, we thought today is a perfect day for Top 5 Tuesday to feature the top revenge wins this fall, and there have been five. You bet. Start
0: us off, Jeremy. Number five, women's soccer beats Utah 2-1 after a scoreless draw last year in the 78th minute. Olivia Wade scored to put the Cougs up. 1 0, then Utah for corner kick in the 89th. Ricochet, grounder and in. And then 52 seconds later, off the corner, Olivia Wade with the game winner as BYU took <laughs> down the Utes in dramatic fashion. Look at the
1: student section behind the goal.
0: Amazing. It was, it was a crazy night, man. That's electric.
1: Taking some liberties, it was a tie last year, but still, it's revenge. Number four, even a two-hour weather delay couldn't stop the Cougars from taking the bulls by the horns in a 50-21 wi- revenge win against USF. Revenge why? Remember 2019 when USF beat BYU mm-hmm. and Jaren Hall's first career start, knocked yeah. him out of the game with a concussion? Well, concuss this. Mm-hmm. In Tampa, Puka Nakua's house call and Jaren's excellent play, coupled with Max Tooley's pick six, led to an impressive revenge win for the Coops.
0: Number three, football's 26-20 double overtime win versus the Baylor Bears in early September. The Cougars got worked last year, 38-24 in Waco. This time got a top 10 win at home for the first time since Miami in 1990. Field storm, celebration, throw was into the field goal post and there was much rejoicing.
1: At number two, and now we hit, what prompted this top five Tuesday? After falling to Utah Valley 4-2 in the beginning of September, BYU women's soccer hosted the Wolverines on Southfield and won a ninth consecutive NCAA tournament match on Southfield. 3-0, no doubter, to move on to the second round where they will
0: meet Stanford in the NCAA tournament. And number one, BY football's 31-28 win at Boise State in football a week and a half ago. Yes! Bukunuku two touchdowns. were are both awesome. And the game winner was incredible. Hinkley-Ropati, nice game as well in the screen game. And the Cougars took down the Broncos.
1: Oh, so good to beat those guys after they ruin some significant New Year's six chances for BYU last year.
0: And we did the same in 2019.
1: Indeed, it's <laughs> what happens in that game. So maybe it's a good I thing it's not we. being played anymore. Which one of the players being honored this weekend for BYU football will you miss the most next year? Our elite voice of the day presented by Pax, healthcare elevated at N underscore Crowley 19 says, unless one of the other players is a family member slash best friend, the only right answer is Puka Nakua. There you go. Today's Rise is shout-out presented by Mountain America, the official creating in the BYU Athletics. But to the Marriott Center crew for taking down the devotional setup and getting ready for women's basketball at 3 p.m. Rushed. Lightning turnaround. Thanks to today's guest, Blaine Fowler.
0: Sorry to Dennis, no time.
1: Or Jerem. I am Spencer. Shout-out to Morgan Bailey. We'll see you tonight for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope at 8 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Go Cougs.